This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here, tuning in with you just as I check out my computers here and everything. Um, and uh, we're on the, in, in the manly Warthog Man Cave inside the Mellon Law Studio with 50 years of experience. They're the only official law firm partner of UF. Neither will back down, and we're pro- uh, protected 24-7, 365 by uh, crime prevention, uh, cpss.net, and check out the mugshots. So we are, of course, uh, um, going to bring you up to date on developments as they occur. And today we have a kind of interesting development that is I won't say I won't say unprecedented, but I will say um, uh, most interesting or wrinkle in our, uh, our in our show here because uh, the people I'm getting ready to talk about he's actually been a a, a guest here uh, on the show not once but a couple three times over the years. I know uh, the gentleman very very well, and uh, we'll talk about it in case you haven't tuned in. Uh, what we have here now is the arrest of a local. Realtor and uh, uh, contractor and uh, board member. He's been a board member of, co- of the Code Enforcement Board. He knows bureaucracy very well. He's a combat veteran of, I believe, a, a Desert Storm. Um, you know, and and he's gotten himself in a pickle, as we say, uh, with the powers that be by doing something which, well, if you were advising people to. Avoid is that is putting in writing a, you know, remarks that are because um, construed as, uh, you know, dangerous. So uh, that's our situation. We have the I think we have posted already the uh, sworn complaint. I believe I'll get a heads up from um, the uh, production people here in a moment on, on the Ward's hot bulletin boards. Have we posted that um, already? OK, that's posted. If you want to go look at it, it's out on the. Uh, Ward's Hot Bulletin Board, and you can follow along with me if you want to. It's um, it's it's um, really uh, most unfortunate that we have to uh, kind of uh, talk about this, but that's the way it is right now. And it's um, has to do with, I guess I call today's show a climate of frustration. There is so much frustration going on in um, our society. Uh, people reach boiling points at different times in their lives with different circumstances. And sometimes these boiling points surprise them right off the bat. They didn't know they were about to blow their top, as we used to say. And they can't take it back once they do. I've been talking about this climate of frustration. And, um, you know, once upon a time, we had a very good author wrote a book called Fear and Loathing. Um, and uh, uh, he was, of course, gonzo journalism. And he saw it in the society way back when. 
uh, this kind of fear and loathing climate that we have. And it's uh, really been Hunter Thompson was the journalist who did this, wrote this years ago. He's since passed. And um, it was known for what's called gonzo journalism. And it, a heck of a writer worked very hard at his craft. If you haven't read Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, you probably ought to pick that up and read it. But um, this fear and loathing kind of culture has been festering for a long time. There's all sorts of comments about when it may have started. In my lifetime, I think it probably got kindled in the Vietnam War uh, when the press reported that we had lost the Tet Offensive, when actually we had won it. And that became kind of a precedent for many people who go back that far for the beginning of a climate of fear and loathing. Kent State is mixed into that. We have a number of assassinations that occur, uh, starting with Kennedy and King and, and attempted assassinations uh, on others. Um, a very dangerous climate that has not really dissipated since. It was somewhat calmed down with Reagan, and, and but you know we had the threat of Iran. Uh, we had to deal with that uh, Muslim, if you will, uh, Islamic kind of uh, contradiction to uh, this culture and the violence which they presented. And it has really been, as I look back on it, as one of the elders in the community, kind of building tension. And I think it's been also complicated, if you will, by the Internet and by Facebook, because the Internet and Facebook has allowed remarks to be spread instantaneously for many, many well, all of the world and therefore um, consumed. And you know how we have been about a voter beep and how all that has been going on. So it's, it's, that's changed the, the, the world, especially uh, locally here with the city of Gainesville. Uh, the inattentiveness to uh, citizens complaint is a well-known story that we've covered for quite a while. It really goes back to the days when they re configured the city hall of Gainesville, they actually made it smaller because city hall in its earlier version, when we had five uh, commissioners was much bigger. And of course, already there was this move afoot that commissioners didn't like that. They didn't like a city hall that allowed a lot of people to come into it and then consequently get in their faces. So City Hall, when it was reconfigured, was greatly reduced in area for citizens to come and sit and watch and perhaps come to the microphone. On top of that, there began to be time limits and there began to be evictions for uh, comments at the throne up there, if you will, the dais of commissioners, which had now expanded to seven, um, didn't like so they could evict uh, the citizens, but the citizens could not evict the commissioners. Uh, this is pretty much the way it always works, is the, the government has the upper hand. The only place you have where you can participate in maybe changing it, but many people think even that is rigged, is at the polls and at the voting booths. But, you know, nothing changes in the city of Gainesville. It's a really a Democrat stronghold. It's uh, controlled in all sorts of ways we've been covering with you over the uh, months and years, uh, some uh, subtle, some overt. 
Um, and uh, we've got a lawsuit going on right now where we have a county commissioner doing what was pretty widely accepted as okay. And that's what we call couch surfing. But she may have uh, shot herself in the foot by going down and taking a um, uh, the the initiative on her own to 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 swear, if you will, under oath that addresses were different, and that may be something that triggers a, a problem for her. Whereas if she just had stayed in the same uh, behavior mode that others had done many many times before her. Uh, and that is to simply couch surf and do what the gray area of the law allows you to do. And that is claim a homestead and claim a residence simultaneously and be OK. And nobody knows what is required of staying at the residence. So but, you know, to go changing voter registration documents that may have gotten her in trouble. We're going to have Ed Brady on Thursday, who is not only the Republican chair of the county, but who also is involved in this, if you will, because he will be running against uh, uh, the ladies and, uh, and, and Remy Jane Glenn will also. And we'll get Ed's take on what this looks like from the other side of the aisle. So you want to look forward to that. Of course, tomorrow we have Ted Yoho with us. But in case you haven't taken a look at the um, sworn complaint, now it's been redacted from the document about which one of these commissioners swore out the complaint. I got to check my email here real quickly and see if I was sent an item um, that um, perhaps we can't go back in the dusty uh, bins and get. But I do recall from, from memory that it existed. And that is um, um, the history of, if you will, the um, relationship of sworn complaints and paranoia on the part of the commissioners, all that kind of business. And I'll get into that. I don't see it here yet. And we may not have been able to pull it up in our, and I may have it out on the um, 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 bulletin board, but I just haven't had time to look. What I'm going to talk about then, since, um, since I brought it up, is a few years back, Lauren Poe on his way home uh, was convinced that the Gainesville Police Department was following him. I mean, you know, and, and actually that whole deal became a report and investigated. And this was the mayor, as I recall, and as I say, the document may be out there, but uh, eventually I hunted up and put it out there. It's not out there. He uh, was traveling home late after one of these uh, meetings they have, which go on way too unnecessarily too long because all those people want to talk to hear their head rattle. He's going home and he looks in his rear view mirror and lo and behold, he sees a cop car and his mind, his state of mind, immediately leaps to the suspicion that the cops are following him. Now, I can't get into his state of mind. I've never been able to get into his state of mind. Um, but something in his brain uh, triggered from the image in the rear view mirror made him believe that he was being, quote unquote, tailed by his very own police department. And that sent him into a wave of suspicion. And it ended up in an official report complaining about it and asking it to be investigated. And of course, I think it turned out to be simply 
the fevered workings of his imagination. And that's the last I heard of it. But it does tell you that these commissioners are looking over their shoulders quite frequently. And you have to ask yourself, if you're looking over your shoulder, what is it that makes you do that? Normal people don't do that. Normal people go to the store and don't look over their shoulder. But these commissioners are looking over their shoulder. So you have to ask yourself, if you were going to the store and looking over your shoulder, which many people are now doing in the parking lots as they park their car, they're looking around to see what's around them and it's advisable to do so. What does that tell you? We're in a culture of fear and loathing. We're in a culture of frustration at the, over, the, over, the, over the fact that nothing seems to be able to mitigate it. Uh, we even have a commission um, that is uh, emphasizing defunding the cops. And at the same time, the, the mayor is complaining about being followed by the cops. So it's, uh, it's quirky. I mean, it gives you an insight into what is going on in their minds as they sit there on the dais, as we said a, a couple of shows ago, ignoring apparently the comprehensive plan and the process for inclusionary zoning led by Adrian Hayes Santos, who cannot remember where he slept last night, in his, as evidenced by his comments in his deposition, um, that um, failed to convince anybody that he really didn't live in his district. So yet he is the one pushing inclusionary zoning, and which is, uh, you know, up and dander even... Uh, the black community doesn't want it, but they march on with it. They simply march on with it. And, uh, and, uh, and there you are. It it's, uh, seems to be irretrievable. So some people have had enough. And I, I, I know Terry Martin back very, very well. But according to the police report, and I'll read from it, uh, because this is filled out. And by the way, Terry Martin back has bonded out. He is in our mugshots. If you go look at the mugshots on uh, our wordscottfiles.com, you will see his picture. But uh, if we've posted yesterday's mugshots yet, and and also um, he had a $75,000 bond, bond, which he paid. That would be about $7,500. So he's out and uh, and and and, and uh, waiting on to, to see a judge. So as I understand, will be Judge Kolal. So on September 9th, and today is the 13th, so it's just a few days ago, um, Terry Martinback sent an email to the city of Gainesville Commission saying, my um, hope after the election when you are seen in public by the residents of Gainesville, they pull you out of whatever establishment you attend and they beat your bleep bottom over your favor in your in favor of vote for inclusionary zoning. And he says he hopes he's first in line. And that is combat emotional stress kicks in and he can take it all out on your face. Um, I'm sick of you POS. So um, then the defendant went over to Facebook and posted publicly, according to the police report here, which we posted on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board, um, that uh, he was not in control of his post-traumatic stress syndrome uh, as it was um, uh, with the city of Gainesville elected commissioners. And when he saw them in public, he didn't know if he'd be able to control his actions. He says, 
you have a choice, step in or join me, stop me or join in or join in. Now, a couple of things here. This is then puts him in the category and it's kind of a stretch, if you will. He doesn't use the word kill or anything like that. Um, he just talks about, um, I guess, fist fighting um, or getting in a, um, a brouhaha with the commissioner after their civilians. So in his mind, he might have been walking some kind of legal lane, but anybody can have a complaint sworn out against them. That's his, my understanding. And that complaint then is um, active if a judge decides there's enough merit to it to issue a warrant, which they did in this case. They issued a warrant. I probably, we knew the or issue, the warrant had been issued before even Terry Martinback knew it because he was in a realtor's meeting, as I understand it, uh, yesterday afternoon before being picked up, having words with Ariola. And I don't know what those words were, but I've got that on a very good reportage that that's what he was doing. So, uh, uh, you know, this this continues to uh, get involved because the detective goes out to talk to him and to his face. And essentially, uh, Terry doesn't back down. When the detective asked him if it was just a verbal attack, uh, the defendant, who is Terry, of course, said, did I say I was going to physically do this immediately? Uh, and the detective writes, this was followed uh, by, did I say that I was going to do this today? Did I say I was going to do tomorrow? Um, you know, basically what he, Terry is saying is someone in the community can do it now. But this is enough. You know, if you've got a, a mayor who is looking in his rearview mirror, and by the way, it's redacted as to which one of these characters on the commission, Harvey Ward or how low can you go, Bowtie Poe or whoever, signed this sworn complaint. We don't know because it's redacted. Uh, but if you've got a mayor, and this is public records, we can talk about it, who is concerned that when he looks in the rearview mirror and sees a cop car, that the cop car just isn't driving down the road, the cop car is following him, then you know that this level of suspicion and frustration and fear and loathing goes all over the place. It goes up to the dais. It goes out to the public. It goes out to the people uh, who are frustrated. So um, here, rather like Mary Ellen Wheeler, who has put herself in, in uh, the crossfires of public opinion, where she's now doubled back and in effect turned herself in. Now she's got this lawsuit, which if she just continued to couch surf, as I understand it, she would have been fine. But now people are, are going after her because they say, well, you can't have it both ways. So she put herself in this uh, position. Same thing here with Terry. Terry, if he had not put it in writing, if he had not put it in Facebook, you know, the question becomes, are you free to say it? Probably so, but I'm going to get into that too, because a lot of people think there's a double standard because we've got all these Hollywood people who get away with it. Uh, we've got Maxine Waters who gets away with it. You know, and the question becomes, if somebody from the dais had said it, uh, would it have been uh, uh, immune from criticism? Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a question that one really can find answers to that are 
not the answers you want to find. As far as I know, nothing's happened to Maxine Waters. Nothing's happened to these Hollywood stars. Nothing's happened to these rappers. And so we'll get into that in a little bit to put this in context. But the point is, uh, because he didn't really uh, retract it, uh, they went ahead and took him down to the jug. So I just wanted to let you know that uh, he has bonded out and this thing is just beginning and it may be dropped. I don't know how it will work from here on, but he does have on his record now an arrest for a felony, which is not what you really want. Um, so so we'll see how that works out. But um, it is something that has caused quite a bit of discussion out on some of the posts on Facebook. And I looked at those posts and primarily the posts supporting the defendant, which in this case is Martin Back, are coming only from Republicans. Um, you don't see any posts out there supporting him from the Democrats that I'm aware of. And this is kind of unfortunate because this allows, and people have already talked about this, this allows the Democrats to say, see, aha, I told you the Republicans are crazy. I told you that they were trying to overthrow the government on January 6th. I told you, you know, and many of the guys, by the way, apparently in that January 6th thing were combat veterans. Uh, uh, you know, this plays into the hands of the left because now the left is able to say to law-abiding Republicans, see, you're one of them. You're This guy is like you. He was a contractor. He's a contractor. He's a, he's a, a, a property manager. He's a, a member of the community who's done tremendous things for the community. But you see, you see, we told you all along and therefore lump all the Republicans into that pile. It's uh, been some of the conversations that I've heard already. And there's something uh, to be uh, said for that. This, um, uh, uh, you know, it is it is therefore what it is. But for those of you who are who are concerned about a so-called double standard, and we've been talking about a double standard for quite a while, it is um, it is pretty evident that it's not difficult uh, to find um, that evidence of that. Let me just go through a couple here with you. I did a little research to just uh, go through this with you. Um, there are 15 stars who imagine violence against a Donald Trump. Now, it's beyond imagining because it was, here's a little bit of a difference. This was put into an email to the city commission. Uh, those city commission emails are public record. Uh, they are cast in stone. They're archived, all that kind of business. So um, uh, Mickey Rourke called Donald Trump the biggest scumbag on the planet. Um, let's see. I'm just going to go through some of these uh, with you. Uh, here is um, 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 his, one of his comments. I don't want to talking about Trump. I don't want to give him any more oxygen. That's not a euphemism, by the way. I mean it literally. Somebody get me the pillow they used to kill Dream Court Justice Antoine Scalia, and I'll do it. I'll do it. Now, to my knowledge, um, that has never been. Nobody ever knocked on his door 
and some and said, come along, little, uh, little friend, and get your overnight bag. I, I don't know that that ever happened. Marilyn Manser, the rocker, um, said that um, he wore a Trump-like figure suit and a red tie uh, with uh, um, decap- you know, head decapitated on a concrete floor in, uh, in his own blood, meaning Trump. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell, who curiously has been quiet lately, wanted to push Trump off a cliff. And um, that was said publicly. and Everybody knew about it. And these things just kept coming like um, uh, uh, a snowstorm. Madonna told a crowd of thousands at the Women's March on, in Washington in January of 17 that she had, quotes, thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. We have a citizen here in this community who posted on a black lady, well-known kind of big mouth, who posted on um, the, the Facebook that she wanted to blow up the jail. This jail, Alachua County Jail. And I don't know whether anybody ever knocked on her door and carted her off. But, you know, how far is how far? I mean, that was later kind of stepped back by her, as I understand it. But it is there is a photo of that post. Uh, So uh, Robert De Niro. You know. He's talked about punching Trump in the face. A Snoop Dogg, who plays the role of the fool, has uh, talked about shooting Trump. Uh, he had a gun that shot, but instead of a bullet, a red flag came out at red bang. Oh, man. You know, so those of you who think there's a double standard, or those of you who wonder where the climate of frustration and fear and loathing has come from, you know, I'm just kind of giving you a trip down memory lane for this. Of course, Kathy Griffin, perhaps, is the worst one. She held up a fake, bloody, decapitated Trump head. Um, So once upon a time, I thought that if you made a threat against the president of the United States of America, I don't care if it's Biden or Obama or whoever, you got a knock on the door very, very quickly by the Secret Service. I mean, I, I had always heard that. I mean, I don't, I don't know whether that's still so, but it seem, doesn't seem to be. It doesn't seem to be so. Um, here's a, um, you know, it's all over the place. Pearl Jam, uh, Johnny Depp, uh, you know, it's all over the place. Even the, uh, uh, I'm just looking at Shakespeare's Julius Caesar um, had a, had a, uh, Depart had a comment, had divert and made a comment about Trump. So for those of you who are posting that there are other people saying these things, yes, of course there are. And for those of you who feel this is frustrating, yes, of course it is. Um, the um, the FBI apparently, I don't know if they still get involved or not. Um, I'm looking at another news report that says the media largely glosses over of these serious threats with a shrug. They, they, uh, a simple Google search on Snoop Dogg's assassination video, for example, yields virtually no mainstream editorials expressing disgust. 
And it's almost as if there's an overarching belief among the media, so writes uh, Fox News, uh, that uh, 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 Trump brought all this on himself, this reciprocating threats of violence against him. Um, the, so the selective outrage, they call it selective outrage in this kind of objective analysis here. Um, so it's um, if you made a threat against Obama, for example, it got published pretty loudly right away. So it's, um, it, it, you know, it all feeds into this climate of fear and loathing and frustration that I seem to feel, as you do, perhaps is as getting worse, as we say, rather than better. It's been going on for quite a while, and it's created a very serious type of, what can I say, culture, just frustration right now. We've got a, I'd like to ask production to play this by, uh, if you can, production, give me the high sign if you're ready. Um, Biden, Biden talking about using F-15s. I thought maybe you'd like to hear this. I, I, I went back and dug it up. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use. That's you. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe. If you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use. That's you. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe. If you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use. That's you. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe. If you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use. That's you. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe. If you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use. That's you. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's All right, back live here. I just wanted to play that for you. I, I, I just, I just, I just, I don't know what to say. I mean, I really don't, I just don't know what to say. When this guy, um, the President of the United States, what he's really saying, and I interpret it, and my, it's just my interpretation. Hey, you guys, if you try to, if you try to pull this January 6th stuff again, I've got F-15s. I've never heard, I'm, I've been around for a long time. Uh, I've never heard a president threatened to use his own military against his citizens. 
And I'm not talking just about the National Guard. I'm talking about the F-15. Now, you know, we know this guy talks off the top of his head, but nevertheless, it is the president. And that's what he said. And it's no different, is it, from what our defendant said, who put it in writing. This president puts it verbally in front of lots of people. And it comes out on Twitter, YouTube, all over the place. And it's there. Um, you know, I know he's saying, yeah, I need to have a draft team as a private. Oh, come on, Doug. Who in the world is what? F-15s are not supposed to be used against the citizens of the United States. And what he's saying is what we got into once before at Kent State. We got into a situation there where the National Guard killed students for protesting the unarmed students for protesting unarmed students on the campus of Kent State. Armed National Guard against unarmed students. Now, does history repeat itself? Or you know, what you know, can you not protest? Well, what if you can't, you know, the people at City Hall in Gainesville have been protesting and protesting and protesting. They've been get kick, getting kicked out. Uh, I mean, there was a, one gentleman who got arrested. So I thought I'd throw that out there for you. That's my comments. Um, that's um, the climate of, of um, if we get back, we'll take a little bit uh, a more look at this uh, world we live in right back in the word scott files after our break for our sponsors and our great donators although the owner of lewis oil company maintains she is 29 lewis oil turns 60 years old in june chevron would like to recognize the north florida second generation family-owned business celebrating its growth and staying power lewis oil company maintains significant on-hand supplies strategically located fuel depots a delivery fleet on-site service fuel card locks and convenience stores lewis oil company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis as a first responder for 18 florida counties and the southeast from texas to virginia we are proud of this rare accomplishment lewis oil delivers this is ward scott and i want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills the ward scott files premium sponsors are crime prevention security systems large enough to serve you small enough to care Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Word Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said 
is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. Welcome back to Ward's Got Files here. I'm doing Ward's Weather Report now, compliments of Lewis Oil. Chevron stations, practically all the gas stations here buy their oil and gas from Lewis Oil, my great friends there. Um, today's weather is really beginning to characterize the coming of fall, if you will, because we are not going to get into the 90s. We're probably going to stay here around the God's country, the piney woods of north central Florida in the mid to upper 80s. And night, we're hovering, going below 70. We're right at 70. So we're getting ready to experience a considerable change, although we do have a lot of humidity. I suppose that's the nature of Florida, if you will. Extremely high humidity, 95%. Um, The uh, wind is relatively calm, but you can get rained on at any moment, just about any place in what's called scattered showers. Uh, right now, currently, the uh, threat of hurricanes is not uh, anything to con- be concerned about. Um, the radar does not indicate that is uh, coming our way anytime soon. Uh, we are also looking at the countryside. The west of uh, the nation, the western U.S., is cooling off somewhat after it had this record-smashing heat wave. Um, we are, of course, um, um, mindful of the fact that there is a kind of a hurricane off the coast of California. And hopefully it makes landfall because California in that area could really use the rain. So I just um, very seldomly do I remember there being a counterclockwise wind whirl rain event off the coast of California. But that's what we've got going on right now. So it's uh, most interesting as that uh, seems to play out. We'll keep an eye on it for you. The weather today, therefore, will be kind of patchy, and you may get rained on, you may not get rained on, but soon your grass will need mowing far less frequently than it's needing mowing this past month. Well, I was just talking with you about uh, uh, President Biden talking about how if you want to try to fight the United States, um, and he was talking about really the right to bear arms. He was poo-pooing the idea that you can overthrow government the way the British did. Um, You know, guerrilla fighting. Now, we know guerrilla fighting works. We know that North Vietnam used it successfully. There was a tremendous unrealized urging in the war between the states for the South to use guerrilla warfare in the form of Bedford Forrest and his critter company, so to speak. The thinking was 
that since the North had come into the land of the South, who knew the land better than those who lived there? And the argument has always been the South should have used unconventional warfare, should have used guerrilla warfare on horseback, marauding and, 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 you know, that's a tremendous effective method of warfare. And we didn't. They approached General Lee about it. General Lee had gone to West Point. Grant had gone to West Point. These guys all knew each other. They'd all studied war together. And they all fought the war the conventional way. So there it is. The rest is history. The overpowering industrial might of the North and the superiority in numbers finally wore of human beings whom Grant was willing to kill seven of his troops to kill one Southern troop and did. So this is only after the end of a long search by Lincoln to find a general who would win the war. Because most, a lot of people in the North didn't really think the South was wrong uh, and didn't have the heart to fight their own brethren, their own cousins, um, until Lincoln found Grant, whom all Southerners viewed as a really brutal alcoholic, and then turned Sherman loose to burn and ravage and plunder to make a point, and to burn and ruin the farm so there's nothing that people could live off of. So it worked. But um, we couldn't. And the lesson there is, unless you have a tactic to make up for the overwhelming military might of the other force, you won't defeat them. We know that the reason the Europeans were able to conquer the indigenous people here, the indigenous people here were uh, hunters and gatherers. They didn't have technological superiority. And so they really didn't stand it. They didn't even have a horse till they got it from the Spanish. So they couldn't, they didn't stand a chance against an industrialized army that was able to just overwhelmingly uh, dominate them. So this message has not been lost. Governor DeSantis, I want to talk a moment about something he said Sunday that has been covered by uh, Breitbart quite, quite attentively. DeSantis said that Republicans need to change when it comes to corporations. And they need to remember that corporatism is not the same as free enterprise. I think that is really very astute of this governor. And what he's speaking about, he was speaking at the National Conservatism Conference in Miami. He said the uh, the, the lesson for people on the right is there was a generation of people that kind of the muscle memory was uh, just if it's private, just defer to it. If it's a corporation, let them do what they want to do. Now, he thinks the corporations have become a part, an arm of the woke left Democrat Party. And therefore, as a Republican, you better be careful about endorsing corporations because corporations don't owe their allegiance to anything but their shareholders. And they will be easily bought off as evidenced by subsidies for electric cars. But here's the big one 
that relates to what Biden just said. Uh, the uh, Visa and MasterCard, and as I understand it, American Express also, have caved to the government. And here's how. Those of us, and I'm going to say us, who buy legally, buy and clear background checks and all the above, practice safe shooter habits, with credit cards, with credit cards, are going to be, are you ready, turned in to the government by the credit card corporations. For example, if you buy a thousand rounds of nine millimeter, a lot of people buy it online. It's brought to your house, deposited on your doorstep, and you buy it from any number of uh, ammo suppliers that are available online, legally, no problem. And you pay for it, understandably, with a credit card. So if you buy 500 rounds, 250 rounds, well, it's not the number of rounds. It's the fact that you purchased ammo online or even at the gun store. We have, of course, Shoot GTR is one of our sponsors. If you purchase that at the store with a credit card, the government has convinced Visa, American Express, and MasterCard to do their part, quote unquote, on gun control. And these credit card corporations will be recategorizing gun purchases and other sales at gun shops. And this is a big win for gun control advocates who say, therefore, we'll be able to track, and the word is suspicious surges of gun sales. Let me tell you, my friend, suspicious is subject to interpretation. Having gotten this commitment from, as I understand it, until I hear otherwise, and this is uh, covered by Al Macari, uh, that group who, who, uh, 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 who, who write for Breitbart, until I hear differently. This you would never know about. Would you know, would you even suspect, and I have a couple of friends on here who, who are, are fellow shooters who are watching. I wonder what their opinion is. Um, what do you know now that even if you reload, as many of us do, you reload, you buy powder, you buy primers. That is, if you purchase it with a credit card, it is going to be tracked by the federal government for suspicious behavior. Now, suspicious behavior is open to interpretation, is it not? Up until now, guns and ammo purchases have shown up under the category of sporting goods. Are you with me? Under the category of sporting goods. But now that the credit card companies have agreed to comply 
with the Democrats and the gun control groups, it's going to make firearm-related purchases much easier to flag. So that's corporate behavior. That's exactly what DeSantis is talking about. Corporate behavior. If you're a Republican and you're for business, which is one of the traditional definitions, if you will, or criterion or Republican, DeSantis is saying, you better be for business for small business. You better be for business for local business. You better be wary of corporate business because corporate business does not reciprocate. It's not Republican. Corporate business is Democrat. It's become Democrat because of things like this, where the recategorization of the purchase of gun-related things are no longer sporting goods, but gun purchasing. This is this is um this is all about creating a national registry of gun owners. So I thought that was most interesting, and I thought DeSantis was most intelligent for bringing that up. Now, this climate that we're talking about, that is so um, what can I say? Fear and loathing. Remember that the President of the United States has extraordinary powers to intimidate, investigate, and prosecute. This is a column out of the Wall Street Journal a few days ago. Millions of quite normal Americans who would not ever invade the U.S. Capitol nevertheless consider themselves to be MAGA Republicans. Now, when Biden demonizes that term, he marginalizes the opposition and intimidates it into submission and silence. You might recall that this was blatantly done by Lois Lerner and Obama with the IRS when they deliberately went after the income tax reports of the Tea Party. The Tea Party grew out of a populist rebellion against Obama. Obama could cause them trouble by politicizing the institutions. Since Obama, the institutions have not been fewer in politicalization, they have been greater in politicalization. This started with Obama. Politicizing now the FBI, politicizing now the Department of Justice, and it's no secret to this. We already know it from the strict struck struck memos. We already know the double standard from the Hillary Clinton uh, media exoneration of her handling classified information on a private computer. So threats of violence uh, 
have become uh, a property of the Department of Justice and Merrick Garland, who has issued extraordinary orders directing the FBI and the U.S. attorneys to investigate these things down to the level of school boards. Now, I, I got to go back and ask this question of you, my students. If the FBI is now going to investigate threats of violence against local school board, did the FBI investigate threats of violence against the president of the United States, Donald Trump? And we know they didn't. What appears to be the case from the memos that have been leaked and the whistleblowers and all that. Now, years hence, when I'm in the great uh, talk show podcast in the sky, y'all maybe go back and listen to this and think, man, that guy was looking in a crystal ball. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I'm beginning to feel less and less that I am. That this tactic of cancel culture techniques, this tactic of institutional power against the limited resources of individuals, that is becoming more the case of operandi than less the case of operandi. So Biden's rants about political behavior. Um, we know that he didn't use them against the mobs that paraded, as the journal reports, in front of the homes of the six Republican-nominated Supreme Court justices. He never said anything about that. The attorney general did nothing, even after a man was arrested for allegedly trying to assassinate Justice Brent Kavanaugh. I got to thinking about all of this as a result of the situation with Terry Martinback. You know, individual actions don't take place in a vacuum. Well, perhaps I'll end with this. I've got so much here in the midnight audio. Um, the Department of Justice, just to bring you up to date here, has refused to release 15 pages of documents explaining the Biden administration's strategy. You're getting ready for this to implement, implement what is called voter access. Right now, as we speak, there is a process going on between the Democrats and left-wing groups that allegedly has been established to implement voter access. This is a result of an executive order, 14019, promoting access to voting. It reads... And when you read it, like a Democratic Party wish list of reforms 
uh, that would enshrine, as Breitbart writes, many of the practices that are adopted as temporary during the pandemic. And here are some of the things in this voter access, using federal agencies to promote voter registration, using federal agencies to inform America about voting, linking federal agency websites to state voter registration websites, providing therefore voter registration and vote by mail application. Do you realize people are voting already? People are voting already, my friends. 2022 voting has already begun. I'll probably cover that some tomorrow with Ted Yoho. It's already begun. You say how? Let me just go to this Midnight Auto Yard component. Mail-in general election ballots uh, is the biggie, okay? Already been mailed out. Using approved nonpartisan third-party organization to register voters at federal agencies. Is that Zuckerbuck's? Anyway. Under the United States Constitution, remember this, elections are largely administered by the states. So if you understand that, then you'll understand that Biden's executive order once again, once again, is an attempt to federalize elections without authority from con- the co- Congress or the Constitution. You know, I, I know so much about this stuff. I kind of wish I could just maybe forget it. And sometimes I think, why do I do this? Why do I do this? You know, if you listen to the show, you pick up things you'd never pick up anywhere else. I know it. I know this. I mean, you would never know this if I didn't teach it to you. That the corporations now are flagging gun purchases made with credit cards and sending that to the federal government. You would never know that the promoting access to voting bypasses Congress and the Constitution and federalizes elections which are left in states. You'd never know that. I need to quit. I need to get out here and get a cup of coffee or something. That's my show for today. Um, it'll be out on wordsgodfiles.com in a minute, and we'll put it out on all the different places. And um, We'll be back with Ted Yoho tomorrow. Have a great day.